0: Welcome to the C-Trade Mountain Podcast, Will. Hi, Marcus. Nice to be here. Thanks. Now, it's fair to say 2023 was a pretty lacklustre kind of year for bulk, but things have picked up towards the end of the year. Now, that recent spike in the market, is that a positive sign of things to come, or is it just a blip?
1: I think it's quite revealing about the state of the market and how tight market balances are. As you say, it's been a fairly disappointing year, certainly from the perspective of where we were, At the start of the year, there was a lot of expectation that um, China would support the market through some kind of stimulus, and that would lead to stronger steel demand in China, stronger ore trade. And that really hasn't happened. And the market actually has been completely propped up by China's coal imports, uh, which have basically accounted for the increment in dry bulk trade through 2023. So that's kind of saved the market. So what's happening right now is that the market is probably slightly tighter than maybe it should be. And, and um, when we do have these inefficiencies creeping, then you can see situations where the spot markets respond very quickly. And we've touched on volatility before. and it, it, It's in some respects a bit of a, a cop-out for a forecaster to say things will be very volatile. I think the key thing for Drybot, though, is, is, yes, we can see things be volatile. Is that going to be on an upward trend or downward trend? Next year, that's the key question.
0: Okay, so you've got that relatively tight sort of market conditions, and we haven't seen an awful lot of new building orders in dry box. So how is that actual demand supply situation?
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, if we refer to what I said about China's coal trade supporting the market in 2023, I think it's probably wise to start with the demand, actually, and look at what will happen in 2024. We really can't expect to see China importing another increment of 150 million tonnes extra next year, they've done this year stockpiles are very high. I appreciate they they now have a mandate to build a strategic coal storage facility uh, over the next few years, but we can't see imports increasing again by such a massive degree. So we think China's coal imports at best will be flat next year, more likely will start to decline. They've got very high stockpiles at the moment as well anyway. And that is going to be offset though by some other trades that were pretty poor in 2023. And we think we'll actually see a little short-lived uptick in 2024, so European iron ore imports, uh, Japanese ore imports, the markets there had a very poor 2023, they'll they'll see slightly better years in 2024. So overall, as Adam mentioned earlier, the demand side, it's not going to be stellar, but it's not going to be awful either, because there's going to be other sort of pockets of re-emerging demand as China's coal trade starts to come off of it. So in that context then how is this order book going to feed into the market balances? Well, let's not forget that there was quite a few deliveries, 32 million deliveries in 2023. Not a lot of ships scrapped about 8 million deadweight. We've got another around about 30 scheduled for delivery in 2024. And what we're expecting to see is, is, is broadly, market balances will be sort of matched as where they were in 2023. So that is to say, we can't see any strong trend upwards, we think the risk is probably more likely on the downside. But overall, there'll be broadly balance, which is actually at a kind of higher level than it was back in, let's say, 2015, 2016, when that was the sort of the nadir of the previous cycle, market balances were terrible. And I think we've been saved a repeat of that by China's coal imports this year. And if things aren't looking too bad. But what I will say is that if, as a result, we're expecting the spot markets to be sort of broadly volatile, a kind of flat trend, actually, we think time charter markets will be weaker year on year. And that, to some respect, reflects the fact that the positivity early last year meant that the time charter market was at quite a strong premium to spot rates. Over the years, it sort of converged with time charter rates falling. And you know, next year, year on year, we think those time charge earnings will be weaker. And so for them, you would be slightly less volatile and probably on a falling trend.
0: So not a particularly good earnings outlook for in terms of rates for the dry bulk shipping companies?
1: No, not really. I mean, as I said, as we'll keep referring to, you know, volatility could provide some kind of short-term strength. But overall, we can't see these lasting long. I mean, obviously, the Suez Canal would affect dry bulk if that was effectively you know, disrupting trade. To put into context, we think the tonne-miles growth would be, rather than 2% next year, would be 5% next year if that Suez Canal was closed off for the whole year, let's say. So that gives you an idea of the, the scale of of impact. So that does suggest that you could see some stronger rates if, if these kind of issues continue for long periods. But assuming they don't, assuming that the, 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 these inefficiencies are of short-lived, then uh, we can't see rates being much better on a sustained basis year and year.
0: Thank you for listening. And we look forward to joining you on the next episode of the Sea Trade Maritime Podcast.